All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Salimus Podcast. It feels incredible to finally be back and actually having an episode with another human being in the same room. Um, it's been quite the adjustment having to just use uh, Skype the entire time. And I'm very, very thankful that the platform was made available for us. But there is something to be said about getting to sit together and everyone talk and have a good time and laugh and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited about having Chris back here in, in my room to be able to go over everything. So today's episode's about um, becoming unfuckwithable. I think that going back to a lot of the content that we've put out earlier in the year, 2020 has exposed the hell out of us. But uh, it doesn't mean that uh, that we can't be better. And I think that one of the good things that we need to do for the rest of the year and moving forward is put ourselves in a position where we can't be fucked with. And I think um, this episode is going to help us get in, in that direction. So what I put together was 10 items that I think that are pretty effective. I think to put people in the right direction, but I want you guys to take some time to listen to this one. Um, it's about an hour and 20 minutes or so. So break it up if you need to listen to it while you're walking or working out or anything like that. But I think it will give you some really good insight. And as always, if you have feedback, don't hesitate to reach out. All right. Enjoy the show. So, first of all, let's get some things out of, out of the way before I go into the into the episode. It's been it's we've we've certainly kind of all taken some time, you know. Uh, we've, we've kind of had to been doing our own things and this is actually our first recording where we can actually sit down in the same spot. Yeah. I could reach out and just grab a handful of yeah. glue right now. I know. And, and, and fun fact, there's less handfuls of me because the boys on the slim and trim. He is over here. felt. Yeah. I was you. like, I was like, who is this fucking mongoose of a human being thank that you. I walked thank in on? But I, uh, other cool thing, I, I had my consultation for my skin removal surgery. So it's going to cost $9,900 to get are they going to let you keep the skin that they take? I was hoping I can make a ghillie suit out of it. Oh, I guess or like a mask. Or, or, or a lampshade or something. It would be, yes. It would, yes <laughs> a mask would be hair. dope, too. Yeah. You could be your own leather face. <laughs> I just wear it over my face. They'd be like, who are you for Halloween? I'm like, I'm me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> do something fucking be all awesome. leather face. I wonder if you can cook with the fat. Oh lord! <laughs> I just want to I mean, coat my my uh, lodge fucking cast iron skillet. Man, if I if I found out that you cooked me a delicious meal with your own removed <laughs> fat, I'm burning your whole entire complex <laughs> to the ground. You're like this. You know what? You might get a little Nigerian in you, though. Actually, I'm part Nigerian. I'm no, four, not enough to sit at the I'm, table. I'm four percent. I That's, know. No, Look, five point seven. Well, well I'm not e- eating your fat so I could sit at y'all's goddamn table. <laughs> well, you might you might reconsider it once I were to well, a nice filet. Let me think about it, okay? <laughs> well, so yeah, we've we've all certainly been dealing with our own our own shit. We've we haven't been able to record like record in the quality that that fits in my opinion our standard. 
And I'm just glad to be able to be sitting down in the same area because I do think that our episodes flow a lot better. When there's better energy, too, because we can pick up on each other's like little nuance shift that is completely lost. It's much more robotic when you're talking over a fucking headset. Yes. Yes. Thousand percent. So, you know, being that this the year is more than halfway over, um, I thought that, yes, everyone learned a whole lot of stuff. And I think everyone came out or is is coming out of it. A little bit fucked up, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, it's like, I would like to say people have grown, but yeah. I think it's fucking stunning some shit. Yeah, yeah, it really has. But I want to make this episode as a way to essentially prepare us for 2021 and any other thing that goes forward. So I want to call this episode Unfuckwithable. And it's just going to focus on how we get to a point where you just can't be fucked with anymore. I think that like I've said a million times, we all got exposed. So now let's, let's try and figure out what we learned. And I want to come up with a couple of different steps. I wrote a couple down. Um, and I guess like, these are going to be my personal methods of how to become unfuckwithable. And I want to see if there's something that you agree with too. Okay. So, um, before we get into it, uh, Mark is, uh, I think he's out right now. Um, normally we have our group chat and uh, he was quiet. So we can all just assume that he might be like KO'd or asleep or something yeah, like that. So Mark's knocked out or yeah. he's in a deep meditative fucking yes. state. Yeah. He, I, he's got a sensory deprivation chamber in his uh, house. He though. probably does. He's the kind of. Yeah. No, that, that's totally his thing. Um, Lotus so, flowers floating in that motherfucker. Do what? Lotus flowers floating. That would. Yeah, that's his, I mean, that's his. I remember. So when we were when we were kids, he had this like his I guess it was like a company kind of name or something where he would call it full Lotus, you know, and that's totally him. Like that's one thousand percent mark. Uh, but anyway, uh, I want to get into the steps and uh, I'm treating it like a little top 10 type of thing or 10 ways or whatever you want to call it. But the first step is uh, to becoming unfuckwithable is knowing that you're worthy. Um, that's a that's a really tough thing, because I think that, again, the for the past couple of months, for a lot of people, especially me, shit has happened that have had us question our worth, you know, and um, I think that when you want and if you want to get to a point where you can't be fucked with, I think part of that is understanding that you are worthy, not not knowing necessarily what your worth is, because I think sometimes that's that fluctuates. But just knowing that you are worthy and like worthy of the experiences that you're experiencing or worthy of the good things that are happening. Like, I think that that is a good foundation. So I want to get your take on something like that. Well, I think, you know, we talk about objectification a lot and yeah. how it's like a natural human process mm-hmm. to objectify things. What's interesting is that that goes alongside what is a common practice of looking at our lives as being a narrative that is largely viewed third person, like like we're outside of ourselves, watching ourselves do things. And, you know, some people call it fate. But in reality, if you want to break it down to its rudiments from a psychological standpoint, it fundamentally is just individuals following some sort of what they perceive as normal, normal narrative path. Okay, so you've got objectification and then you've got humans following what they perceive to be as this narrative path with things. We talk about the pitfalls of objectification, but we also talk about the utility of objectification. So what I would assert, you know, just from my own perspective is your baseline worth and how you feel about yourself. You should shoot for 
Well, again, and this is totally in my opinion, you should shoot for a largely unshakable version of that. When you're looking at your own self-worth, look at it as a fucking object, not as some narrative elements. Um, Because the narrative elements attach all this fucking frilly bullshit that we assign meaning to. Streamline it. Objectify it. Okay. Your self-worth is a commodity. Absolutely. It's a commodity. So why? That commodity has to be guarded, um, regulated. So you don't empower other individuals to fuck with your own self-worth, whether that be in a good way or a bad way. Mm -hmm. Your baseline self-worth should be should be relatively maintained. So the key with that is when you get a compliment, objectify that fucking compliment. Yeah. It's a, it's an object. Take it in like here. This is something that is, that has happened like quite often lately. Um, And I don't know why. Well, I can see why, but I've been, I've certainly gotten more compliments like uh, physically, you know, and stuff like that. And one of the, Someone had mentioned that I don't really like receive them. Well, I do. I do receive them, but I take them exactly for what they are. They're they're very nice compliments that I appreciate. But it's like I know myself and know that I can easily take so much stock into that stuff mm-hmm. that it fucks with my value. So I have to check myself when that happens, you know, and I'll laugh it off or I'll just say like, oh, thank you or or something like that. And I think that we're we're. We have a type of society where it's almost like when you compliment someone, there's a subconscious feeling that you're owed something back for it. Oh, yeah. And when you sort of don't, it feels weird to me. It feels weird to me not exchanging something back. I've been practicing that, like not exchanging it, just taking it as, as an object and just saying, like, that's really nice that they said that. It feels really good that they said that. But then I have to sort of keep it moving. Because I have been someone before that and I still do struggled with confidence. And if I and if I don't keep that in check, my value will then get assigned to what other people and it think becomes of me narrative. Or what they say it to me. Becomes narrative. Yeah, exactly. Then I become the person that lives for likes. You know, those people that are yeah. on Instagram, they'll post something because and they think that their value is 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 set by how many people like their shit. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's and it's definitely a thing for me. So Again, I've been learning to check myself on that, but it's tough, man, because you do want someone to respond. It, it, it does kind of feel or you want someone to almost say something back. And, and it is trend is it, I guess the word is transactional. It you is. Know, it is our transactional. transactional as fuck, man. Ah, it's tough. Um, and, and there there's a variation. Again, we can't sure. we can't paint compliments to be too, bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, or with too broad of a brush, yeah. too. Because and we can't feel bad about like feeling good about them because right. I fucking love getting them. I love yeah. giving them. Well, and, and it's based in context. It's based in how well you know the individual yes. that's giving you the compliment. Like if you receive a compliment about your appearance from someone that you've only known for a matter of days in any kind of like intimate or meaningful capacity, it's way different than if you have been in a interpersonal relationship with that person for a year. Yes. It's a way different compliment. It means something different. Mm -hmm. It bypasses certain channels. And again, when we're talking about the utility of objectification, when you receive, if you've got this baseline walking around, I think I'm a bad motherfucker, but I don't expect other people to see me the same way. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you walk around with that baseline, 
Then you objectify compliments and you objectify negative things that come at you as well. Criticisms, unfounded criticisms, not productive criticisms. Well, actually, you know, even productive criticisms objectify that shit. Mm -hmm. It's a good way of. Well, the word objectivity, it's a good way of assessing things in as objective a way as possible. Yeah, sometimes you do have to remove yourself from it and understand where is it coming from. So you don't let other people paint like you can fight and fight and fight to maintain your life in terms of it not following some pre-designated narrative. But if you allow another human being to I and, and this isn't pejorative to manipulate your degree of self-worth, regard, esteem, whatever yeah. it may be, it starts to spill over into you losing control. Yeah. And, you know, uh, b- b- before we go into the next thing, I want to ask you, have you ever have you noticed how different it is to objectively compliment someone? So, like, I, I, I did that before. Um, there was someone there. It was a there was a waitress that I saw right at a, at a restaurant and you can tell it's the type of person that everyone says, oh, my fucking God, she is hot. She is. But they were genuinely just a beautiful human being. Right. Yeah. And and how you sort of treat that. Like if you if you understand the value of a compliment and don't treat it as as something that's transactional, like literally telling like when I, I told her, I was like, you are like you are just objectively beautiful. And so I worded it like that, you know, and. You can tell she's been called pretty hot, all this other kind of stuff all day. But like when I said when I worded it like that, it was almost like she literally took her her mask off and like smiled really big. And I was like, oh, I look like crap. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, it's 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 I'm not I'm not doing it like the creeper way. Like it's just you have very great features. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's 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 cool to be able to admire the human body in that uh, in that sense. And sometimes I think that does mean more because if you've if you've seen and I've certainly learned in my short time being single, I've learned the shit that dudes say like and I'm like, holy God, like the stuff that when they where they'll compliment a woman. It's like this is purely because he wants to beat cheeks. There is there is absolutely right. like, he doesn't give a finuck about you. He just wants to beat cheeks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's really crazy seeing how how not hard it it doesn't feel hard for me but like how much work it takes to objectively compliment someone and and really portray the right message where you're not where you honestly want them to take it as an object and not saying like i'm not trying to assign or assign any kind of value to you once it leaves your job once it leaves your mouth and hits their ears it belongs to them and and, and you can't help what fucking happens and that's why i try to like curate the compliment because i'm just like please don't uh, you know think any certain way and so sometimes i come off kind of weird or something like that but i do i'm not i'm just not trying to do the creeper thing i want nothing of them i'm just wanted to say i just wanted to compliment something that i saw and this is my it's like you see a car you know, you see like a or if you admire a beautiful instrument or something like that. Well, like, I was, was going to say the the appreciating like a flower without plucking without pluck. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Which is, again, that's like the cliche go to for this shit. But it it's still objectification and people get hung up on that term mm. like it's a fucking bad thing. No, it's, it's a part of our it's, our yeah. psychology. When you objectify that person in a, a way that means I want I want nothing transactional from yes. you. I am giving you something. Yes. I'm, I'm placing this with you. I'm acknowledging you. And I think that 
that's the key. Mm-hmm. I think it's I see you. I see, I, you. I see your humanity and I'm going to reach out to you person to person yes. and provide you with my feedback. Yes. Um, I think th- to move on to go to number two, like I I wanted to call this one. I actually wanted to use the the quote. I think it was the one that Sarah used, Sarah Fort, or maybe it was you. One of them tend to the garden that you can touch. It was. Um, um, no, no, it was. Um, damn it. What's her name? I love her. Uh, oh, my God. I am a piece of shit right now. Ca- hey, Callie. Hey, Callie. Yeah. Callie. Yes. <laughs> I was like, damn it. With yeah. a K. Uh, <clears throat> it wasn't with a K. It wasn't. She's our girl and we're pieces of shit. What? Look, me not knowing how to spell a motherfucking name don't mean that they denigrated it on mine. No, that's insulting. That's that's what you're. uh, you're Well, you know what? I'm sorry. (laughs) It's Callie. Callie Stewart. (laughs) Anyway, uh, no, God damn it. It's not Callie Stewart. It's another person. Oh, see, this is going to mess with me now. This is really going to mess with me. Kalu is just the the lid's been blowed off of this. All white people look the same and Kalu. They're all related. (laughs) They smell like wet dogs when it rains. Oh man, what's there? Is it with a K? K K Kayla. I'm gonna damn look, it. I'm I'm real angry at myself right look, now. Look, just go. All right, so <laughs> just go. Tend to the garden that we spent way too much time on that motherfucker. Tend to the garden that you can touch. But uh, you know, obviously the the simpler way to think of it is control what you can. You know, I think one of the big things that gets a or lot don't. or or don't. Yeah. No, truthfully, you're you're responsible for your for your actions just as much as your inaction. And that still relates to the garden that you can touch or the things that you can or, or, or won't control. But I think that right now with with everything that is going on, we've said it in multiple episodes that I am worried that our brains cannot scale up to the stuff that we're worrying about right now. Uh, and I think that it would be easier to handle a lot of the external problems of the world. It's if Carly we took care. Carly. Thank you. Uh, but I think that it would, it would make it easier to, to understand and conceptualize and, and even eventually solve the problems of the external world. If we handle a lot of shit that was happening here first. Um, and, and I want to gauge your opinion on that right there before we go forward. Well, I, I think that that's a, a beautiful notion, but that <clears throat> that entails what what we're asking for or the starting point that we're kind of, you know, prodding at right mm-hmm. now. To me, it entails an enormous amount of work to even get to that point. Yeah. Where you're ready. It's harder to do that. Ready to check your own shit. Ready to self-assess. Ready to completely take inventory of who you are, your belief systems, how you behave, the impact that that has on other people. People can't fuck with you if you already know what's up with you. You know what I mean? That's the thing. (laughs) And and I will say, you know, this past year, and it made me think about um, like with certain dogs, Mm -hmm. for example, and we could just say organisms in general, but um, from a cognition standpoint, if dogs are socially isolated and then thrust into social environments, um, they tend to be more reactive. You know what I'm saying? They're not as bomb proof. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have human beings that go and do things and interact with various cultures and people of different faiths and look very different than themselves and speak different languages. It has a profound impact on that individual passively without them even trying. It just naturally kind of, 
I don't want to say skews, but it naturally kind of augments one's pre-existing perception of the world, whether that goes in a positive direction or a negative direction or what positive and negative even entail contextually. That's up for fucking debate. But what we're seeing here is the exact opposite of that. The potential for humans to go out and really broach any kind of meaningful like empathy and understanding with other groups and hear the plight of other groups. Historically, that has entailed being cultured and going and doing things. Well, the year 2020, going even beyond the fact that American culture is predicated on the notion that we're number one and, and fuck everybody else. And I, a lot of people live and die in the United States and never go anywhere else. They're xenophobic. They don't care about other cultures. Speak English when you're here. And I'm not picking out any group in particular. You know, pause really quick. When you just said that, that really you said we're number one, fuck everyone else, that kind of thing. Don't you think that that mindset right there, when you say we're number one, you just assume that everything is fine on your end. And so you then decide to focus on every other thing oh, yeah. outside yeah, of yeah. yourself. Yeah, and it it's it it automatically you're you're exactly right. Your go-to is to blame everybody but yourself. But yourself. So we're scaling up again, the individual doing that, and the nation itself. We have a culture that really fosters that kind of attitude. So now we're socially fucking isolated on top of it, completely isolated. Mm-hmm. So where who do we socialize with? Our echo chambers, yeah. our, our our very specific peer group. And those are getting more and more narrow all the time because Absolutely. people are streamlining, cutting people out of their lives. Um, I hate that I'm seeing that happen online. Well, but that's that's the thing is I can't assert whether because, you know, this shit is chess. It ain't checkers. So I can't really assert whether like in 10 or 20 years the negative elements that we're seeing now, the symptoms that we're seeing now wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a good thing for them to manifest themselves such that they can be addressed later. Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily assert that. But what I can assert is that I'm seeing people become progressively more fucking clannish. Yeah. And not with a K, with a C. I mean, some with the K, but mainly with the C. People are just very fucking clannish it's, and they speak in absolutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of them that's like on this Blue Lives Matter back to blue bullshit. But I'm not going to sit here and say, um, what is it? ACAB or ACAD. All cops are dicks or all cops or something. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, I'm not going to sit yeah. here. I can't. I work closely with law enforcement. I have friends and family that are in law enforcement. And that isn't that isn't to say because I've done a lot of soul searching with regard to that as well. It's not me giving them a pass because I have a vested interest into it. It's the fact that I'm exposed to it and I watch it and I'm seeing that, yes, law enforcement is also victimized in this scenario. And they reach out to me to talk to me because I am kind of an try to be an unbiased intermediary Mm -hmm. for this shit. And they're like, you know, Chris, like even like the good ones amongst us are fucking trying. But if you, if you break rank and go and do X, Y, and Z, then you get blackballed and not just from this agency, you'll get blackballed from all the other fucking agencies. So relate that onto a personal level for someone. Well, what I'm saying is whenever you have people that perceive, okay, first of all, they're socially isolated. We're all sitting in our fucking houses, staying on social media, consuming whatever outlet, that most fits our 
our yeah. palate, whatever it is. Um, we're only around more of a tight knit group of people. If we do go out, we go out with a specific group of fucking people. Um, I think what we're seeing is a deliberate push. We always talk about the separation and, or the, the divide and conquer. I think we're seeing an intensified, a concentrated version of that, whereby you have people in their houses. Again, the analogy with dogs, social isolation, and then you have stimulation from the outside world, which is, you know, it's kind of unprecedented. You can't relate that to any other organism. So you are simultaneously isolated and tapped in at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So there's this little paradox. It's hard to be that. It's it's hard to I don't know how. People can function like that. They don't. And I function. think that when people grow up in that, you that you tend to have a, a this skewed view of the world, like the whole place is fucked up, like everything is wrong, everything is broken. And again, taking it back is it like taking it back means, or by taking it back, you're and by God damn it, <laughs> by taking it back and tending to the garden that you can touch. It makes it a lot easier to to handle those much bigger problems when you focus on the shit that's like right in front of you. Yeah. And, and but that's the thing is, you know, we go to the hierarchy of fucking needs, man. Yeah. Everything else belonging is met. is the seems like it's at the top for a lot of people. But yeah. Belonging. Belonging has taken the place. You know, actualization. Well, almost. Well, that's the thing is it, people are hovering between that that kind of belonging and esteem belonging oh, and esteem sure. yeah. and those two levels are we're watching them work in this fucking mutated reciprocal kind of way belong and esteem the more that i belong to this group who believes this way the more esteem the more lauded i become within this fucking group mm-hmm. the more clannish the group becomes the more extreme the views fucking become mm-hmm. and we're not singling any individual group the fuck out here we're saying that this is a phenomenon that's happening across the board yeah. and it's going to manifest itself differently not only per group but per individual it's going to manifest itself very fucking differently sure. so when we're talking about tending the garden that you can touch, um, God damn, it, it really fundamentally has to the, the person has to have the desire to want to do better because that's the harder. That's the harder part. Well, man. and if you're listening and it, look at yourself, are, are you potentially lodged in that belonging esteem cycle right there? Because in order to self-actualize that's where you're tending the garden you can touch. Mm-hmm. People that, I, I mean, I can't even fathom somebody that's lodged in one of the lower phases being able to even entertain the notion of tend the garden you can touch. Yeah. It, it's survival, basically, until you get to belonging, which is a little bit of higher like psychological function, and then esteem. Yeah. Which, again, those run off of fucking neurotransmitters. They're good feely, feely. It's oxytocin and uh, And serotonin and shit. And it's a shame that what gets us in many positions to what forces us to have to tend to the garden that we can touch seems to always be some kind of conflict, some kind of bad thing. You know, like if if you recently there was, you know, 9-11 anniversary and everyone was like, man. Can't we go back to the time where we all just cared about each other? Not without blowing something up over here. Well, because it, that's how our fucking brains seem to but work. But if it was a if it was a, a cat in here, 
a Sikh, yeah. for example, if we had a Sikh dude sitting in here that grew, was living in New York City pre 9-11 yeah. and then post 9-11, that motherfucker was not part of the agreement of, OK, white people and black people are going to get along yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Like wasn't part of that. Mm-hmm. There was a new enemy for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I even saw black folks mm-hmm. jumping on board with that shit. Yeah. All right. Um, the next I, I, the next one is um, deciding to no longer be a victim. Um, I think that we we get fucked with often when we blame other things, you know, when when we blame our past experiences or we blame even the day just being bad. I had a bad day. It's no excuse for not being a good person. You know, it's it's no excuse for. Uh, for not being able to handle your shit. I think that if you want to, if you truly want to be someone that can't be fucked with, can't have any of that, man. Yes, it's going to happen, but don't use that shit as an excuse. Well, I, I've talked about before. That's a, that's been one of my biggest problems. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Writing myself checks. Yes. Yeah. I write my motherfucking self checks and excuses for maladaptive behavior yeah. because, again, yeah, I do some hood rat shit. I've endured some hood rat shit. Um, you yeah, know, you talk about being Jehovah Witness. Growing and, yeah. up, Jehovah Witness sucked, man. But it's no fucking excuse, and I wouldn't change it because now, on the other end of me addressing a lot of the maladaptive behaviors that I've adopted as a result of growing up that way and feeling entitled to behave any way that I want to, on the other side of that is clarity. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wouldn't change it. Fucking yeah. dope. I've got I've, things are streamlined. I don't have as many questions. I have a lot of clarity about stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, grew up. And and again, there ain't no poor me. People have had it fucking worse than I have, Absolutely. too. But if you look at the chronology of my life and then my my professional life and things like that, I walk into the fire. Hmm. You know, I, now as a grown ass man, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I still am the go to, you know, sometimes I can be a sit around lazy bitch because I'm like, I don't do busy work. I'm not. But if you call me and it's the most hardcore shit possible. Like we don't know what else to do. I will do anything in my power to make it right. Well, it's a difficult thing for, I would imagine anybody, but it has been a difficult thing for me in the past to not take on all this trauma, knowingly take on all this trauma. And then on the other side, not feel fucking entitled to go and Treat myself yes. to behave in any way I motherfucking want because yeah. you can't expect it's it's about acceptance with other people instead of expectation within reason outside of basic re- respect. But when I you know when I would go home to my girlfriend when I was working for child protective services, I know that the trauma that I was receiving was manifesting itself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do with it. It wasn't as though I was taking it out per se, but even communicating that traumatic shit to somebody that doesn't have a perspective on it, they don't know what to do with that shit. And it's unfair of me to expect them to help me unpack my bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not and, and honest to God, that's not even one of the more selfish checks that I would write myself. Yeah. Um, I want to go to, um, the next one there is uh, engage, don't struggle. And I want you to think about that and, and think about like conflict that has ever happened in your life or just bad shit that has happened uh, in general. How many people do you think go in there and 
they struggle with it as opposed to engage with it. Like they respond versus react. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think that one of, again, you, if you truly want to not be someone that gets fucked with, you have to become a pro at responding. You've got to respond because when you react and you act emotionally or you act irrationally, you wind up and you wind up letting your emotions take over you. You know what I'm saying? And then when that happens, you that opens up the door for other people. That's not saying don't be emotional. That's not saying don't feel things, but understand what you're feeling, label what you're feeling and act appropriately. Yeah. So I want to see what you think. Well, don't that. weaponize your core self. Yes, that's that's really good. Don't weaponize your core self. Yeah. And that's that's what motherfuckers do when you're reactive. You're taking every the totality of who you perceive yourself to be. And any element of that that seems to be assailed by what you're hearing, you're blasting back. <clears throat> you know, there's a retali- retaliatory reaction that's associated with it. And whatever that looks like, you know, I can vary or whatever. But um, overwhelmingly, I just with with struggling, I, I almost most well. I'm not going to say almost most of the time when I hear about people struggling, um, I I think about excuses. Mm -hmm. If you're in the mix and you're struggling, I feel like you've already given yourself several fucking excuses. Now, there there are valid times where people are struggling with things. There are things that are out of human beings control clinical, you know, diagnosable fucking issues that I will never, ever fucking trounce on or denigrate whatsoever. But. If you're a capable individual, which, you know, for the sake of argument, we'll not put any kind of qualifiers on what the word capable fucking means. But if you are a capable individual and you are endeavoring to do X, Y or fucking Z and you're struggling with it overwhelmingly, again, I feel like that you are you have consigned yourself to be a victim in the situation. Engaging with it entails to me. And that struggle is is a struggle between the core self and whatever fucking thing it is that you're struggling with. So if you so if you if you're weaponizing, you know, your your core self, whatever response that core self is having, that is manifesting itself as the struggle. That's the incongruence. If you separate your core self in your response and I, I have to fucking do it. There's no way in hell that I could function one iota in a crisis or in crises over and over and over again. If John Kristen Kilborn and the totality of who the fuck I think I am was a part of every element of every crisis, that nothing would get fucking accomplished. And I think if a lot of people really think about it, a lot of the stuff you do, you just naturally separate your core self from. It's just a matter of training yourself within that context to be like, wait a minute, I've got too much of my perception of myself wound up in a scenario that is not really an indictment of who I am as a human being. And I think once you have that type of balance, you almost learn to welcome it. Oh, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's beautiful. Like you're like, oh, here we go. It's another, yeah, it's challenge. A challenge. It's another growth opportunity. It makes you feel alive, exactly. dude. Dude, yes. It may, so when when all the um, stuff started happening on my end, uh, I, I, I would be foolish if I didn't 
say that I got a little bit excited about the growth that would happen on the back end of it. I knew that there was going to be pain. I knew that there was going to be shit that I would learn about. I knew that there was going to be all sorts of stuff that's going to happen. But I at the end of it, I was still just like, I kind of welcome this. Like, I'm I'm ready to pay the cost of whatever it's going to take to get to this type of new level of understanding of myself, of people, of everything. And I think it, it certainly does take some kind of training. I don't know if that's what it is. Um, obviously, us doing this every week has put me in a position to to almost welcome the the challenge. Uh, and maybe it could be from that I might be a little bit privileged, you know, where it's like I haven't had enough terrible shit happen to me where I, I almost welcome some of this stuff. No. You see what I mean? Like, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm examining every possibility. Uh, every possibility. I want to read something really quick because um, <clears throat> it's, it's actually interesting that they also said the same thing, engage on struggle. He said, how many times in your, in your life have you struggled against where you found yourself? A relationship that didn't feel right or took an unwanted swerve, a job that bored you or kept you feeling stuck or a life that seems to be a string of almost and struggles to come into focus. It sure seems like a life that it, uh, a, it sure seems like life is a struggle for a lot of people. But I wonder about that. I wonder about the idea of struggle as a noble or necessary thing. The idea that you're like a beleaguered soldier trying to do what's right and badly against all the stuff out there that's against you. It sets up it sets up conflict right from the start you against the world in a forceful effort to get free of constraint or resist attack it's a con it's a conflict that's not just exhausting but it fucks with how you see yourself and how you see your place in the world and so they said when you find yourself in a situation or a circumstance that you'd rather not be in own it welcome it and love it i think that's fucking beautiful man it is beautiful and it, but we we have to take it with a grain of salt too mm. because you cannot take that as complacency mm-hmm. with a situation that fundamentally is not appropriate for yeah. you and like you where you're being to subjugated a point where you're reckless uh, but yeah. where you're reckless in this like oh i'm gonna welcome it and just like because i, I did a little solo because this borders on like some positivity talk right and some of this stuff borders on toxic positivity where you start to invalidate the like when there's serious shit happening you might need to hit the pause button well and as a, as a society <laughs> yeah. too like the notion of which there is utility in in being like in facilitation and accountability enormous i mean there's progress there mm-hmm. but but as a society you can end up and as an individual you can end up ignoring some serious fucking woes by being like well i'm just grateful yeah well no like you're sated. Mm. You can say grateful. You can use the word grateful, but from like a chemical, you know, physiological, psychological standpoint, you are satiated. Yeah. You are, you have reached a point where you, you have enough to eat enough entertainment that you are just sitting around like hashtag blessed when the world is fucking burning down around you. So they're, that you can't allow that to be a disconnect too, Mm -hmm. because sometimes Sometimes the pain and sometimes the struggle mm-hmm. is actually what unifies people to change things. Yeah, it's and it's interesting that you said that, you know, I uh, just again, going back on all the stuff that is happening with the divorce and everything like that. I did take on this mindset of like and I'm still eternally grateful for everything, you know, for the shit that I've learned. Just being alive in general, I fucking love life a lot more, a lot more now. But there I was kind of. 
uh, if you want to call it satiated, because I could work out twice a day. I can, you know, I, I have all these freedoms, if you will. It's not like there it was shit that I didn't have before, but it was like something just felt different. But what I noticed is that it, it was going on too much. It's like, okay, I can work out when I want. I can go and eat out. I can go, I'm on whatever schedule, make a lot of money. I have all this other kind of shit. But then it was like, it got to be too much where I didn't, where I wouldn't stop and think about the, like, okay, stuff is real, real shit actually did happen, you know? Yeah. And then I found myself almost like pivoting a little bit. And then when I would pivot and by, by this time, by the time that I started pivoting, I had made new connections with people. I'd made new friends. I have different mindsets. And when I start to pivot, it's like, oh shit, there's going to be, um, a little bit of damage that's going to get done in my wake because I didn't take the time to really, really pause like we were saying and take a look at what the fuck was going on. Does that make sense of what, what I'm saying there? Yeah. I think that that um, when, when you do get to a point where you are kind of satiated, where you're, where you're kept full, even in tough situations, um, you, you can. And it's not the best food. It may not be the most nutritious not, shit yeah, for you. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And I think, the conflict or the bad feelings or all that stuff is just as much as healthy for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's nutritional yeah. value to that as well. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that I, I took, I spent a lot of time just like, like weeding that out, like just keeping it outside of my thought process when it's like, wait a minute, this shit really did happen to you. You know what I'm saying? And so and, now but I, you refuse to engage it because you had all this other had, stuff to, to keep you yourself exactly. content. Yes. Exactly. And so I'm certainly uh, learning now to to take everything in just as much. You know, I'm still going to lean towards the more positive things happening. I'm always going to be grateful, always going to be thankful. But also I've I have given more attention to the stuff that that I didn't like. And, well, and, and I, I'm finding myself going through bits, fits of like being like, I'm I'm fucking angry. You know what I mean? And, and I'll have those little moments. But I understand that it's there's nutritional value to that, too. Well, and, and to broaden, you know, we talk about engagement versus struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think to broaden out those definitions when you and, and I don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive either. I think I think as groups. Especially like people that are have shared trauma, have a shared struggle. I think that um, engagement is a social institution in many ways. And when you talk about struggle, it's something that you are lightweight involuntarily participating in. Um, there's a difference between struggling with like you go to work. I'm struggling with this project. Oh, yeah. woe is me. Mm-hmm. Or I'm struggling. X, Y, and Z. There, and I think most everybody that's listening to the podcast is smart enough to draw a distinction between struggles that are placed on an individual that are largely or entirely out of their fucking control and struggles that people engage in almost as a means to gain them some measure of social capital, mm. to get others to, sh- to to cut them some fucking slack, yeah. to go back to previous fucking podcasts, goddamn sympathy vampires. Yeah. Sympathy vampirism is a real motherfucking thing. Mm. You got to be careful about how you allocate yeah. sympathy. And actually, again, fuck that. Empathy. Empathy is where mm. it goddamn resides at. Like, 
I'm here with you. I yeah. see you. And going back to one of your other points, like when you told that waitress that she was objectively beautiful, it's about recognition. Yeah, it's about I, I, I fucking see you. Like I'm seeing your genetics. I'm seeing like the, what your parents. I'm seeing all these other things. I'm not seeing someone that everyone wants to fuck. Well, yeah, you know it, I mean? it's, it's like, like it's like man, that <laughs> you are a walking fucking testament to the wonders of to nature. The wonders of nature, exactly. And yeah. I don't mean I want to take you home. I'm yeah. just hey. I see that. I'm yeah. going to like, man, the moon looks beautiful tonight. Yeah. yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. And I, it's funny too. It makes me, and even though I hate the show, um, when, I, when you see like that show, my 600 pound life, like, I can't even watch it. I, I can't fucking watch it. But what I can, I can't watch nothing on TLC no more. Well, what I can acknowledge is the resilience of the human body. You're like that, but the body can take some punishment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so at the moments where I sit there and not everybody can take that kind of punishment that some of those people are, right. but like it, it kind of puts a little bit in, into perspective sometimes where it's like when I feel bad about having a real slutty day, as far as my diet goes, I'm like, these guys have had a slutty decade and it's like the body can really take a whole lot. So I, I, I just sort of objectively look at it and be like, wow, you know, oh, yeah. that kind of puts things into a little bit of perspective. If that makes sense, what I'm saying there. Um, what I want to the, the next piece I want to get to. And this is something I've also talked about before is, um, again, we're focusing on how to not how to achieve the state of being unfuckwithable, but giving at least 51 percent in all of your relationships. Um, don't treat it like always give more. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and if you can't give more like and I, I literally have told this to, to people, before, you know, recently, like I'm emotionally like not available to just be the type of person that like to hold myself to a standard that I know that I can hit. I just I, I don't have it in me right now. And it's like if, if you can't give 51 percent, which is that my rule that I've said over and over before in multiple episodes, then um, then you you are liable to get fucked with. Because when you start to think like, oh, I'm doing all the work or something like that, or or I say always give 51 percent because you won't be disappointed in someone not doing more, you know, like you have control of that thing. And maybe that's a little bit of a control freak in me or well, something like that. But I I, no, I think that if you're capable and you're able to do things then you should do it. No, I do it, too. I okay. do it, too. I don't I don't. Uh, Think about it. Some like noble bullshit. It's not about that. No, no. But if anything, it's self-serving because it allows me to sit back once I have invested that. It allows me to sit back and be like, you know, that's part of putting your stamp on the day. Like I have done right by the people that are in my life. Yeah. Um, And and again, my fucking circle is small to non-existent, especially during a goddamn pandemic Mm -hmm. and shit. Um, I hadn't seen my mom in months. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, when we talk about giving 51 percent, I don't want people to get the misconception that this is a what is it? Equal sum game yeah, where yeah. it's where it's going to add up to 100 percent. Kalu's not saying that the other party's giving 49 percent. Kalu's not even saying that he's giving 51 percent. But every day, really a functioning relationship, whether it be a romantic one or an interpersonal one. You know, people are going to have bad days and you're going to you might have to be the fucking strong one Mm -hmm. that day. You just fucking might. But the ideal baseline is both people giving more than they expect to receive back. And that naturally fosters this this kind of abstract third party that's in the relationship, this 
this common ground, this like pristine, untouched common ground. Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful. Don't take this and run with it and and feel like it's goddamn capital. It's not. It's not. It, it isn't. We, again, expectation is a fucking terrible part of this equation. So you give more than you expect in return. Yeah. And if you're genuinely doing that and you're doing it because you fucking care, it's an investment. You you're creating a nest egg of of respect mm. and appreciation that you can then build on and utilize. That's that's capital that you all mutually are mm-hmm. accruing. And, and it's I, I'm not telling you, man, that that is one of the ways that I think that I've gotten to where I am in life is by like giving giving or doing those favors. And, and it's not because I want to, I genuinely just like taking care of people. You know what I'm saying? But I do feel that it has built this thing on the back end where it just makes it easier for me to like ask for help, or it's just made it easier for me to reach out to people if I need to. Does that make sense? It does. I don't want to make it so transactional or something. I don't want to make it feel like it's transactional, even though it totally does sound like that. Well, I'll say I don't feel like I need help. Yeah, like I okay. don't, I don't, I don't feel like I do generally. And and this is me exploring my own potential malady. Yeah. Um, I don't ask for help hardly fucking ever. Probably times where I should ask for help. I'm just like, no. Yeah. Just going to fucking do it. Just going to burn. And yeah. And so, and so fucking far, you know, I'm, I've been able to work my way through things, unpack things, deal with things. I will say like, The pandemic, and this is a little bit off topic, like the pandemic has thrown off some weird shit. Like when I had Lido, when I had my dog pass away back in June, uh, suddenly, I mean, just got sick. He was only six years old and and fucking died. Uh, Cancer took him really fast. Dude, I it's been really hard for me to really mourn like it'll just pop up. And it's not because I'm deliberately repressing it. I feel like I'm over fucking stimulated by all this bullshit. And I'm like, this is the canary in the coal mine. I think this is part of the fucking equation. They want everybody to be as bombarded with shit as possible. And like you were saying, like, I don't think that the human psychology possesses the capacity to give that many fucks about that much stuff. So if they keep you on one foot the whole time then man they can bamboozle your ass into anything mm-hmm. and and this all works off of you know every every step that you've touched on so far it works off of everything that you that you've even spoke to and yeah. i think it, it really fundamentally comes down to the individual recognizing holy fucking shit like this has gotten away from me yeah. you know I'm, i've placed entirely too much importance in this and it's it's played off of my my pathos and it's become my reality and um. Yeah, with, with me in particular, like I know that it's not in my nature to not mourn the loss of one of my dogs. Like when Balsalini passed away, I still, you know, up until the pandemic hit, I still would be sad over Balsalini. It's not like I'm not sad. I just lack the fucking energy to yeah. do it. Yeah. And and if I am and I have a high threshold, I'm fucking community mental health. Y'all like if that's happening to me and I've had to stop and and kind of recognize it and take inventory. And it's it's been over and over again. I'm like, God damn, it's kind of weird that I haven't like really been super duper bummed out about Lido 
And then it'll just, you know, it'll pop up. It'll pop up out of nowhere. You know, yeah. like I'll see a memory of something on Facebook and I'll bleed for a minute or whatever. But that's not part of what I feel like is my natural process. So I would wager to say I'm not the only one that's motherfucking going through that. So it, it's really the time we can take these unfortunate fucking times and use them to our advantage. You know, we're already isolated. So if you're isolated, uh, look inside, you know, look inward. Explore that shit. Do yeah. some introspection and stop so much of this fucking consumption of outside shit yeah. and then just fucking purging. Yeah. Just verbal diarrhea a lot of times. And I mean, I'm goddamn guilty of yeah. it, too. Yeah. I get on my soapbox. It's like I'm motherfucking right now. Yeah. But so the next one I want to go to. What is, number is that? That's six. OK. Bet on yourself. Um, you You cannot be you can't get anywhere if you're clinging to the edge of the pool. You know what I mean? If, you, if there's there's so many things that I think that a lot of us want to do, whether it's that new job, whether it's that new life, new hobby, new relationship, any of that kind of thing. I think that there are so many of us who miss out on those opportunities because we're scared to bet on ourselves. And it took it certainly took time for me to get to a point where, especially with me being a calculated person, for some reason, I'm pretty decent about betting on myself with things. I don't know why I, I, I got a lot of hugs as a kid. Maybe that's what it is too. But uh, same. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you, I think there are people that, that, that do again, rob themselves of good opportunities because they don't know how to bet on themselves. They're scared to bet on themselves. And when I think when I got to the point where I was like, Hey, I'm not going to die from doing this. What's, you know, it's then, then there's, there's a chance that I'm going to try it. Well, you're not. <clears throat> I will say that with success, there's responsibility associated mm-hmm. with it. Success isn't just something that occurs in a fucking vacuum. There is there are things that are attached to it. Yeah. And I genuinely feel like people and, and I joke about like, you know, my friend Kenneth like him being very capable at X, Y, and Z. He could do all these fucking things, but he doesn't want to. And it's, in my opinion, it's because he doesn't want the fucking responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to maintain. It's something that you have to foster. And the thing is you are, you are willing to take on that additional responsibility that's associated with success. Um, but you have to be okay with taking on the responsibility that comes with the failure too. Or that is the biggest. Well, and then there's a middle ground too. There's there's the absence of either. There's there's inaction. There's inaction, and in in, and people can be comfortable in that. It boggles me. It boggles my mind how many people go through life fucking bitter because they never took any chances, and then to the point where they where there's people who want to take chances, and I think that those people who never took chances are the worst people to take advice from. Well, and I also think that there's a really toxic group of people that are nothing but betting on themselves. Nothing but motivated. They're predatory, man. All of it. They're never fucking satisfied. All they do is wonder if I feel like if I've been that. No, you have too much empathy for that. But the, but I mean, you do like you, you have, you have, um, you're more, I guess, uh, I don't want to say motivated because I'm motivated to do my silly shit. Like I, I'm in the Creek, like scooping clams and crayfish and shit Mm -hmm. out, but, um, more conventionally fucking driven than I am. Um, but yeah, I, I think the mitigating factor is fucking empathy, but left unchecked motivation 
honest to God, those are the people that are fucking the world up. It's not it, it really isn't. Um, there is some complacency if you're sitting around and you're privy to inequity and unfairness and subjugation and fucked up shit and you're not actively fucking campaigning against it, then you are privy like you're yeah. guilty by association yeah. as well. But it's really all the motivated motherfuckers that's out here messing shit up. And fundamentally, what it's going to take is the the majority which is a vast fucking spectrum, the majority to develop some measure of cohesion to keep um, the motherfuckers that are running buck wild uh, in check to some goddamn degree, because otherwise you end up with a small group of people steering the ship. And these people do not have the majority's best interests at fucking heart. That can you can scale that fucking down too. Yeah, you, can, you can certainly scale it down. You can scale in relationships, it relationships. You can yep. scale it in, in just groups of friends. You can then scale it up to the national level. <laughs> yeah, and you that's that's the thing is that that motivation, that betting on oneself, can can really, without mitigating forces associated with it, it can make somebody feel like that they it's their destiny to mm-hmm. do this or that. Um, there, it's only their way. Yeah. Look, if you stand in my way, then you're problematic. And and you know what? There's another side to that. Mm-hmm. There are going to be situations where you're not doing anything that's untoward, and you will have people who are stifling and toxic, wanting to hold you back and bring you down to their fucking level. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The next one, number uh, seven, is become useful. I think one of the things that we have certainly talked about in, in great length is just understanding your own utility. Um, I, I, I want to say learning a skill, you know, like we've also said, mechanical solidarity. You know, we've talked about all those kind of things like there's there's certainly something to be said about just being good at something, man. you got to find a way to make yourself useful. There's way too many of us that are OK with just being I don't want to say normal or standard or whatever you want to call it. Like you don't want to be a cog in a machine, dude, in my opinion, like be good at something, have, have something that, that also, in my opinion, makes you, that gives you some kind of satisfaction, something that you can make with your own hands, something that you can, you know, a skill that you can hone on, that you can hone in on, if you will learn to shoot guns, like learn to go and hunt, learn to can food, anything like that. Something bigger than you, something bigger than you that, that, that both taps into the past and the fucking future. Yeah. yeah. And something that, you know, that can, that again, it's bigger than, you know, that this, whatever it is can help other people. If, if, if shit hit the fan or something like that, I think we we've all got to get useful at something. Well, and, and that's, that's a big fucking part of this. And I preach it all the time as personal utility and self-sufficiency and all of that kind of shit. And how I believe that that's enormously linked to um, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. At least it is to me. Cause like, I am a relatively unbothered motherfucker. Like there's not, I can't off the top of my dome think about anybody saying anything to me that would really like hurt my motherfucking feelings. Like yeah. I'm like, whatever bitch. Like, yeah. And it, whatever. But, I, I but can it do took this, a lot this, to get, this. It took a lot to get there though. Didn't it? Um, you know, it, 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 it's hard to say because like the, the trauma of growing up, you know, in a very, like religious repressive kind of environment um on the other end of that and the wiling out that was associated with it and then reeling yourself back in 
it's like you wake up one day and you're just kind of yeah. fuck I'm here, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the work that's associated with me being like, like, dude, I'm, I'm relatively fucking unfazed. I don't know as I had, I don't know as I, I had to actively work on being unfazed. I think it was just a product of, you know, my environment growing up and then things that I encountered along the way and then possibly genetic factors like cultural stuff. I mean, my family is known for not giving a fuck. Yeah. And the, the, my ethnicity Mm -hmm. is known for not giving a fuck. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of fucking factors that are involved. And I will say that, you know, it, it probably came easier to me than it would come to some other fucking person, but being, genuinely goddamn unbothered by things is a uh, I can't tell you how beautiful it is and and also to, to reel it back in it's directly linked to the fact like bitch like I voluntarily interact with you I don't interact with you because I fucking have, I have to. to I want to and you're making me not want to <laughs> yeah Um. so the next one here this is this, I think, is one that is going to be kind of touchy, in my opinion. Um, I say that if you do want to be someone who is uh, who is unfuckwithable, you have to understand that you have to do harm when it's necessary. I think that that's one of those things like it's if you can if you go around carrying on like you, you, you can't hurt anyone or you won't hurt anyone, someone's going to fuck you up. You know, something is going to happen to you. Well, you have to understand the necessity of doing harm. Well, what was it is I think it was on the league. They were like, there's shit sippers and there's shit servers. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. I think. But you, the objective is to serve up more shit than you sip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they said. I don't know. But, you know, I think that and it's not doing harm as in like beating someone up or something like that. No, it's you have to understand you have to hurt people's feelings sometimes by virtue, by virtue of your fucking existence. Your existence is a selfish act. Yes, it is, man. You every breath that I take is a selfish act. Yeah. But so being selfish and we take the most amount of breath so that I can live. Yeah. I'm going to breathe up all the white man's air. Yeah. 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 But there is all their women, all of them, <laughs> at least for a little bit. <laughs> that, that's fucked up. Then Chad can have them. Oh, that's not cool. <laughs> well, Chad. listen, sorry, Chad, but uh, but there is there's there's utility in recognizing. Um, well, there's there's utility in being selfish. You have to be selfish to fucking survive on yeah. some level. And people can act like they're not. They can virtue signal. They can fucking carry on. However, but your existence, you're going to influence. Yeah. You know, it's the butterfly effect, yeah. whatever. Even if you live the most pious, laid back, uninvolved fucking existence just by virtue of you existing. Mm-hmm. It has an impact on other things. Yeah. Some positive, some fucking negative. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, and and to even take it, to take it to another level, you know, when we were talking about breathing, just when you want happiness, you sometimes there's a cost to that. Every there is literally a cost to everything that you do, whether or not you want to live a peaceful life or don't do or don't do whether or not you want to live a peaceful life, whether or not you want to be a happy life or you want to be this or that. Uh you're going to have to do so there. There will, it's inevitable that there's going to be damage done in your wake. And it's unfortunate, but 
and, and I also say we should do everything possible to mitigate that, to mitigate the that's why we have to be self-aware. That's why we have to like follow all these other steps that we've been talking about, because when you don't follow them, the like and you're seriously aware that you get that moment of awareness, the amount of damage that is going to be done in your wake to be able to self-correct it becomes even harder or becomes even bigger. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you 100%, there will be people, there'll be a lot of people that'll listen to this motherfucking podcast and totally miss the point Mm -hmm. because they will hear something and they will- They'll get gassed up. Yeah, they'll be like, oh my God, I really, that point you guys made about that one thing really fucking resonated with me. And I didn't listen to anything else. None of the other shit mattered. (laughs) I really liked this one thing because it was like, it was validating for me because it was like, wait, I thought I was a piece of shit this whole time. It just turned out I was living my my truth. (laughs) Oh my, oh, if I hear that- Fucking term again. Just living my truth. My truth. I know. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Shut the fuck up. You're giving yourself a free fucking it's a, pass. It's a free pass. But uh yeah, so you guys understand what we're talking about. Yes, the the everything does come at a cost, even your happiness. And so you have to be willing to to step on toes to hurt feelings, to do harm when it's necessary. Understand that um that that's part of the process. There's no way to do it cleanly if you can if there is a way do it but it's very rare well energy can neither be created nor destroyed so whatever energy that you possess within you or energy gained that i gain is is inevitably energy someone else it's at the detriment of (laughs) some other thing and there's there's just this fucking again there's this ripple effect that, that transpires however again the motherfucker that we just made a caricature of on here You cannot take this and use it as an excuse Mm -hmm. for your maladaptive behavior. We don't want you to sit around and waller in fucking misery over something that you did. Like, correct it and do better. Because sitting around, a lot of times, sitting around and feeling bad about it is you just feeling sorry for your fucking self. So we're not ever, if you listen to this, we're not going to empower you to be like, it's okay that you fucked all those people over. It's not. It's not okay. It's not motherfucking okay. But but there are levels to this shit. Yeah. It is okay for you to, it's beyond okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what, it's what has to happen. You, mm-hmm. your existence is necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you existing. And again, I'm, I'm talking about within the self, cause we are all we got yeah. as individuals. We are all we motherfucking got. So your existence, we don't, we also don't want you to think that on the other end, a person who's barely hanging on be like, you know, you're causing damage anyway, you yeah. know. No, that's not the fucking thing. It and, and us saying that you're going to leave collateral damage in your path, it's just because, you know, the English language has limitations. Yeah. It's not that there are. We wish that there was a better way to say certain things, yeah. but there just isn't. And, and well, and if there is, you and I aren't. We're not experts. We're not experts in this. So one you? other thing that I want to say to for this point is that given that given this time, there's. Obviously, there's been a lot of, if you want to call it divisiveness, that everyone's getting in their their camps, you know, everyone's getting in their cliques. We're in an election year, so it's going to get even more, you know, clannish. I think for a lot of people, you know, saying what you believe, uh, that's you're you're going you have to be OK with the fact that you might sound like a fucking idiot, you know, but I just like Patrice O'Neill will always appreciate the attempt I will always appreciate the attempt at it. You might sound real dumb when you do it, 
But and and there may be harm that's going to happen. And I, but the other thing that I'm actually thinking of on that political tip are some of those people who might have disagreements with family members and they have to cut their parents out or they have to cut that uncle out that was saying wild shit. Like if you do want that kind of peace, like you have to understand that you have to cut those people out. You might have to cut out your teachers or your mentors or all these other people. Man. I recently have a um, a guidance counselor who uh, wrote this big, they shared this big long message about the NFL and they're protesting. It was pro Trump. I'm sitting here like, bitch, turn the TV off. Like go do something else. Like that, that's kind of what I want to be. But I'm, I, the other part of me is like, I'm going to appreciate their attempt at saying what they want to say. I'm sure they got their, their base riled up and stuff like that, but they have to understand that there's harm that, that gets done in that, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's, and I have to understand that having my opinion and having, or, or my belief or whatever, there's going to be harm in that too. And that's the tough part. And that's what I think caught, like has a lot of people bickering because I think we don't want, we don't want to hurt each other. You know what I mean? But we also want some to people be, do some. Yeah. Some people do. Yeah. There are people um, out there that are waiting for an excuse to hurt. Someone. Sure. Sure. But I think lar I, I'd like to think that a large majority wants to help the other person understand. We just don't have the right words in our language to say it right. And inevitably you end up hurting someone. Or we don't have the energy. We yeah. we're, we're so fucking depleted again, man. scaling ourselves up to a thing. To something that and not to say that 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 those things aren't things that we should be worrying about. But I do think that there are issues that we should scale it down. Uh, we should scale ourselves down and, and take care of here. In my well, opinion. And, and on the other side of that, like I will say. Also, there's a point where it's OK to leave people the fuck behind. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like appreciating the attempt within reason like yeah. if if somebody's a, a serial, serial if bad if it's bad malicious stuff put them in check oh yeah and or it, that's I'm, I'm not condoning that shit well and that's the thing is i've i've written off i've i've fundamentally fucking given up on certain folks mm -hmm. who uh espouse really strong beliefs mm -hmm. and they act like, well, look, it's just my opinion. No, fuck that shit. Like you're allowed to have your opinion as long as that opinion doesn't inherently subjugate another group of individuals. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just speaking my truth. Clue. Shut but, up. Shut up. But like anybody is complaining about the NFL how fucking privileged do you have to be yeah. to have the mental energy to be mad at a bunch of motherfuckers who play a sport who are, again, if you look at the black community, for example, on average, as, as a group, what is a more notable, successful group of black individuals than professional sports? Yeah. I mean, notable in the sense that there's they're out there and yep. present and there's a whole lot of them mm -hmm. like not to in any way denigrate from the litany of black professionals across the fucking United States and across the goddamn world. But these people have a platform. 
And they're utilizing that platform in a peaceful fucking manner. Mm-hmm. And that's still not OK. Still not OK. And and we we live in a country where people are talking about some the people that are waving the fucking flag and talking about we got freedom are the same ones that are like, don't protest that don't way. Protest. Like, yeah. Nope. I'm done with you, bitch. Like we can fight. I don't care. At yeah. this point, you're trash to me. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not going to act like I'm I'm the Dalai Lama about yeah, this shit because yeah. I'm not. I'll throw hands. Yeah. So the number nine is uh, take care of your body. Um, if you people, I don't think enough people realize how much better your your mood, your outlook, all that other shit is when you're actually like just taking care of yourself mm-hmm. uh, physically. Um, and it's not just working out. It's eating better. You know what I mean? Like it's. It, garbage in garbage sleep. out. have you heard that sleep i'm the worst about that i don't fucking sleep you know um that is one of those things where it's like i know that my quality of life would be better my outlook on life would be better if i just slept a little bit more you know what i mean or not so much more just had more quality sleep you know um i'll be sleeping real good bro huh i'll be sleeping good no more really? yeah i had a dream last night that uh, all of all of my freshwater clams in my aquarium died, and I couldn't fit my magazines in my Glocks. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, well, it was a dream I had, or nightmare, <laughs> whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like couldn't fit everything in your Glock. My Glock. No. I was like, no, and my clams are dead. <laughs> yes, but um, you've got to you've got to do something to take care of your body. You know, you've got to go walk. You've got to eat better. You've got to even just thinking better. You don't know how many people just. You know, bad thoughts can affect your body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's for me, I'm dealing with some sciatica. Right. So when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, at least for me, my mood is bad whenever. And cortisol gets released. Dude. And cortisol will kill your ass. Dude, it is. It sucks, man. It really sucks dealing with like back pain and there this thing just like shooting down my left leg. It affects my attitude. I feel like I'm incapable. And then that pisses me off because I'm like, well, I can do this shit before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that kind of bleeds into other stuff. But it's like, guys, we've got to be better about taking care of ourselves. I'm not going to be the fitness person here at all because your boy is an absolute slut because I live next to Motor City Bar and Grill. And so sometimes I'll get a nice little breakfast over this there. You know I love breakfast food. Uh, yeah, breakfast food is my, is my thing. But um, I'm still going to work hard. I still got to take care of myself, you know, do all the things necessary to at least live a little bit longer, you know, and uh, I want to gauge your th- Obviously, I know that you lift and stuff, but maybe you can present a better uh, reason for just taking care of yourself in general well, in, in terms of having that be it put you in a position to not be fucked with. Well, I, I think one of the biggest hang ups that we have is that acting like taking care of yourself is a, is a culture unto itself mm. when it's not. It's basic fucking maintenance. Yeah. It's 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 part of who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, we had the podcast, The Greatest Lie Ever Told, that we're all created equal. You know what? If you have the capacity to really explore things in, in more of a abstract way, you have to acknowledge the fact that there's honest to God, there's beauty in our genetic variation. Mm-hmm. Not all of us. I mean, yeah, this motherfucker like Kalu is going to come closer Aside from his bad knees and his back pain, come Fuck closer, you. come closer to dunking a basketball than I will because yeah. I'm fucking two feet tall. But like, you know, there's a reciprocal element to that. So acknowledging that 
you you have a certain toolkit that you started with. OK, and that's OK. It's not we don't want to beat people into the ground that aren't as genetically predisposed towards a fast metabolism or X, Y, and Z. We don't want to create some kind of pre-designated notion of what beauty or something like that is, because I think people confuse vanity and beauty with fitness, mm-hmm. even though that they're not mutually fucking exclusive all the time. A fit person isn't necessarily the embodiment of conventional attractiveness, you know? So I think looking at ourselves as kind of as islands, as an island unto ourselves and not being. And and that's an interesting thing. Like I'm competitive, Mm -hmm. but only when challenged. Yeah. And it's Chris accomplished this task. I really don't give. A fuck about beating other people. I really don't like beating other yeah, people. Yeah, me neither. Uh. <laughs> see, well, I, I just don't. I don't. I, I, I like. I like to see other people succeed, especially people that are on pay, maybe an, a much more rudimentary step of the yeah. journey. I like, like seeing people I like succeed. Yeah. Well, I have, the, I have awesome short Schadenfreude. Uh, well, I, I, I have Schadenfreude, but at the same time, I can see somebody I don't like do something really impressive and be like. That piece of shit motherfucking did it. Really? You know? Well, yeah, I can. I'm capable yeah. of that kind There's of duality. Still people I hope crash your car. I mean, oh well, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I hope they crash their car too. But also, if they, <laughs> if they, if they went off the exit and did a flip and didn't and like landed it, it perfect, die, and landed I'd perfect, be like, I'd be like, hey, that motherfucker knows how to drive. <laughs> So I don't. I don't want them to die. I just want them to hit a hit their deductible on I the car. Care. You know? I don't care if they do. I don't have enough. I don't have fucking enough time to. I'm not gonna pretend. I got too oh many God. people to fucking worry about as is. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't waste energy. Uh, getting mad at myself for somebody doing better than me. Yeah. And I don't waste energy on feeling good because I have defeated someone else. Yeah. And that's why I exist in terms of challenging myself or somebody again can challenge me. They're like, I bet you can't pick that up. You yeah. know, some shit yeah. like that. I'd be like, I bet I can. Yeah. Or sure. if somebody's like, I bet you can't outrun me. I bet you I can. Yeah. Bitch. yeah. And it's more to just show them like, <laughs> it's not that I, again, it's, it's them, I get what you're saying. It's them handing me something like live yeah. up to my expectations, motherfucker. And then you live up to their yeah. fucking expectations or exceed them. Yeah. But so number 10, it, this one just wraps everything up. It's just never apologize for any of this shit that we talked about. I don't think you should apologize for for knowing your worth. You know, you should. And and I've seen people who know their worth. They, they'll be quick to tell you what they expect and what they accept. You know what I mean? And what things do and don't jive with them in a good way. That's not, you know, not doesn't make them sound like an asshole. Or or they'll just look at you like you like, like, bitch, you better step correct. Yeah. Because I don't have time to explain this to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, so number one is knowing knowing you're worthy. Number two, tending to the garden you can touch Um, that again, that means controlling the things that you can't that you can control the things that are right in front of you. Um, or number, letting go of the things of that are right in front of you. Number three is no longer being a victim. Number four, uh, engaging. Don't struggle. Understanding that shit goes wrong, but it's how you respond, not how you react. That defines that moment. Number five, giving at least 51 percent. Number six, betting on yourself. Number seven, becoming useful and finding your utility. 
Number eight, doing harm when necessary. Number nine, taking care of your body. That's all we got for for you guys. Number 10, fuck bitches, get money. There you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but do we have any shameless shout outs? I know that there's been, you know, you guys have been crushing it with Raw Power Moving. Yeah, man. Uh, Raw Power Moving service inboxes. We're on Facebook at Raw Power Movers. Um, you know, we got the little page set up. It's not yeah. too hard. We've got a, a classic strong man lifting a couple of Barker loungers okay. on that motherfucker. But, uh, you know, we do every quote per job. So there's not any fucking surprises. Sometimes uh, we end up eating it. You know, we show up and the job is harder than we expected. Mm-hmm. But if we quoted you something, we quoted you something yeah. and we stick by it. So um, and I guarantee you, there's nobody pound for pound stronger than our team of movers. So Good. if you've got pianos, uh, hot tubs, things that, you know, it's going to take several individuals to do otherwise, give us a shout. We'll get it done quicker, probably less expensive. A little bit of humor. A little bit of, yeah, substantial amount of humor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you like looking at big old burly boys, come over to your house and pick up heavy things. Hey, how many how many pairs of pants have you ripped? You know, I ain't ripped any because I sh- I, I come correct. Oh, I start, I, I come, start shopping big and tall. No, nope. <laughs> long and short. Long and short. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. No, I just been wearing my stretchy shorts whenever I go out, like the ones that's got the elastic waistband, yeah. and then like they. The legs on them are made to be like flared out, but really they just as tight on my legs. Yeah, yeah. So they just right. But no, I had no blowouts yet. <laughs> but awesome. whenever winter hits, I'm going to be like sweatpants J- Jones because that's the only kind of pants I can wear that will not explode, dog. Like, but it, what's, what's a tip for the ladies on during sweatpants season? <laughs> tip. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, you know. Let's look up, you asshole. <laughs> I Jesus. I'm not going to tell them what to do. Oh. Who am I to tell all these lovely ladies what they can and cannot gaze upon? <laughs> Raw Power Moving Service, let us move you. Yeah. And then shout out to Tyler Young at Grade 8 Performance. You know, he's still killing the game, making better humans, making stronger humans. He just competed in his first Olympic lifting competition ever. Mm -hmm. And being one of the strongest human beings on the planet, pound for pound, he stepped in there, you know, put his singlet on and placed a solid six out of six. So (laughs) shout out, shout out to Tyler Young. Better than most of you bitches. For placing, yeah, for placing last place, but also lifting way more than either one of us fucking could in an Olympic competition. Yeah. He had the balls to go and put on a fucking singlet and go and do something that he was not designed yeah, to do. He, he was not. Did you see his that. lifts? Yeah. I saw he his did, snatch. It was, yeah. his, it was nothing it was but and jerk. I think is what it, it was. Nothing but strength. Yeah. Like he, there was no finesse to yeah. to nothing. He just he like, he did. Whoop. Yeah, he <laughs> the weights over my head. Yeah, if he wasn't an ox, then he wouldn't have been able to do that. But yeah, he just sheer force and will yeah. got those lifts completed. But shout out to him for being fucking dope. And and not being afraid to fucking fail, yeah, man. That was awesome. Good stuff, Tyler. Um, do you have any other shameless shout outs or anything like that? Um, I also want to give a shameless shout out to uh Thai Express. Really? Yeah, I haven't man. had that in a while. Bruh, they're always like masked all the way up. I watched them change gloves yeah. in between, like taking your card and your money. They sanitize the board in between stuff. Man, it's 
It, as far as eating out, like it's one of the only places that I motherfucking trust implicitly. Yeah. yeah. But to be honest with you at this point, like I can simultaneously advocate for the fact that we shouldn't be out like spreading the virus around. But like, bruh, like everybody else has said, fuck it. Like me and Kalu, if we ain't already got it, probably going to get it at some yeah, point. I'm convinced it'll, it'll happen. Well, yeah. And it, now it's just at this point, like the nation's it's gotten completely out of fucking control. So it's about mitigating exposure to people that are uh, particularly vulnerable. And I think a lot of, a lot of steps have been taken for that, but we're not out of the woods yet, guys. Like we're still in the first fucking spike of this shit. Um, Cold and flu season's about to hit. Don't give up, you know, keep taking precautions and you're not doing it for you. I'm not doing it. I don't mask up for me. I mask up for, you know, the little kid who's on chemo, you know, or somebody's grandma. Mm -hmm. That's who the fuck I mask up for. Not for myself. Like, you know, if I get the virus, I get the virus and I just chill out. But again, my focus is how when it when I get it. How am I going to like? Can I still be productive? That's my that well, be my thing. Uh, overwhelmingly, like you know, you and I could could have already fucking had it. And not know we could have it, motherfucking, right now. Yeah. But yeah. fortunately, I'm able to work remotely. You're able to work mm-hmm. remotely, so we're not doing too bad. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, cool then, guys. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this one. I hope you guys did find value in this. Uh, like we were saying at the very beginning, we we haven't been on our game. We've kind of taken a slight hiatus, but we just had to handle our own shit. But uh, I like to think that we are back and you're going to definitely see a lot more stuff coming from us. Chris is currently picking up a guitar that I don't know if he knows how to play. We're about to see what happens. But again, thank you guys for your time, for your attention. Go do some cool shit out there. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we are out. <laughs> You're gonna play a jingle? Well, hold on. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, do you?